Hello, church family. Uh, today we are looking at Exodus chapter 35. One of the cool things about ministry is that uh, we get to see people grow and have opportunities for them to serve in the church. And oftentimes when uh, those moments come, we see not just the people's faithfulness, but ultimately God's faithfulness. Whenever there's some particular need in the church um, <clears throat> that the needs, whatever needs it may be, and people come and, um, and meet those needs, it's a blessing to those that are around, uh, especially for me as a pastor, seeing the kind of like big picture of everything, and also a blessing to those that are being served and those around you that you serve alongside with. And it's important that we understand that part of the Christian life is not a life of just being passive. You know, you're not called to a life of passivity. You are someone that needs to be actively engaged in the church, whatever that may look like, from the big things to small thing, uh, it's something that you need to do. But there are occasions when there are certain needs that are that are <clears throat> that are expressed, whether it's by the elders or pastors, um, that needs to be met. And 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 it's also encouraging when people come in and meet those needs. And we had this recently when you know, we needed more sound team people, um, you know, the AV team, and a lot of you uh, stepped up. You, got, you there are certain things that you saw. Okay, we need to do this. Um, and for other ministries as well, and not just that, but you know, there, there are always going to be a need because the people's needs are different. There's always going to be a need, and which means that there's always an opportunity to do something in a church. That also implies then that if you're not serving in the church in any way or capacity, that probably means you either are new to the church or you're deliberately just not wanting to use your gifts. You know, God gave us gifts and resources to serve Him and to glorify Him and to be a blessing to other people. And we're called to do that. And this chapter, I think, it highlights that uh, that reality very well. Uh, this is chapter 35. So this is right after when Moses replaced it, or God told Moses to repl Moses to replace the two cha uh, tablets because he, you know, remember he smashed them uh, because he was upset that uh, Aaron and the Israelites made this little golden calf when he went up to the mountain the first time. In chapter 34, it gets replaced, and then Moses' face gets, you know, it's all glowing and uh, illuminates, it radiates, and it freaks people out. And uh, as a result of that, uh, they told Moses, hey, <coughs> whenever you see the Lord, uh, just uh, um, go in, but when you come back and see us, cover yourself. And that's what he does. Um, and now, uh, th this is a continuation. Really, these last several chapters are... Uh, Kind of like other commands that Moses instructs, or rather God instructs the people what they're supposed to do before and what they need to do during um, uh, the, when they're in the promised land, particularly in the, in the aspect of worship. So let's look at chapter 35, verse 1. Then Moses assembled all the congregation of the sons of Israel and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. For six days, you, uh, for six days work uh, may be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a holy day. A Sabbath of complete rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall not kindle a fire in any of your dwelling on the Sabbath day. Now this is like not the first time that the Lord told Moses to tell the people about you need to keep the Sabbath. It's this thing that gets keep going over and over and over again. In a lot of ways the Sabbath is supposed to be a, at least this portion here, is supposed to be a reminder of the people that they need to take the Sabbath seriously, that they ultimately need to prioritize worshiping Him. They need to work for six days, and the Lord will provide on the sixth day for enough sustenance and food and whatever they need so they don't have to work on that seventh day. And, um, you know, they're supposed to do this because it shows that they're, covenant, they're keeping a covenant with the Lord. When God said that He belongs 
the, the, these people belong to him and the people belong to the Lord and uh, they need to demonstrate that in the way that they live their life. So the Sabbath is one very external way in which people can see that um, the Israelites are different and they're being blessed by it. So their faithfulness in honoring the Sabbath and keeping this fourth commandment is a sign that they are God's covenant people. <coughs> uh, verse 4. Moses spoke to all the congregation, the son, uh, congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded, saying, Take from you among contrib contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of uh, willing heart, let him bring it to the Lord, contribution, gold, silver, bronze, and purple, blue, and scarlet, uh, material, fine linen, goat's hair, and ram skins, dyed red, and porpoise skins, and archaic wood, and oil for lighting, and spices for anointing, and for fragrant incense the onyx stones and setting pieces for the ephod and for the breastplate. What this is saying is that the, the, uh, God gives them this, this uh, basically expresses, tells them, if you want the priest and the, the whole worshiping, the whole, basically, uh, in order for the nation to function, this is just the reality of every nation, that you need to contribute to it. And this is a form of a tax that's used to keep this, uh, the Levitical system going as well as other things as well. And they're supposed to do this as a way to um, contribute. They're not just supposed to be this passive onlooker. They give, and they give, and they're supposed to give willingly. And that's a really important thing. When people give, they should always give with a cheerful heart. This is why every Sunday when we ask for an offering, it's an ask, not because we particularly need anything, although there are occasions where there is like projects or missions that we want to support and we want to highlight. So we say, okay, we want to do a special love offering for them. But generally speaking, uh, it's it's all free will. We don't we don't force anyone to give anything. And you know this church is a very generous church, and you guys give according to how the Lord moves you, and that's an encouragement. And that's what God wants. He delights in that. God delights in the fact that His people give to Him willingly. And this is what's going on here too. Uh, he just asks them that if you want to give, then give these things so that the the function of the nation of Israel can 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 run smoothly. And again, the only time me as a reformed pastor that will be cool the word free will is when in these passages when they talk about free will offerings. Because it's in the Bible, but that's, you know, that's only when it comes to giving, not in terms of like, you know, salvation or whatever. Or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it comes to the, and when it comes to offering to the Lord, uh, they're supposed to give a, <coughs> a free will offering of these different things. These particular things are used for the things of the Lord. Again, these are very particular too. They can't give anything else. Uh, God expects them to worship them, Him a certain way, and God expects the nation of Israel to function a certain way as well. Now, verse ten. Let every <coughs> excuse me. Let every skillful man among you come and make all the Lord uh, and make all the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle is its tent, and its covering, its hook, and its boards, its bars, its pillars, and its sockets, the arcs, and its poles, the mercy seat, and the curtains of the screen. And the table of the pools and all the utensils, uh, and the bread of the presence, the lampstand also for the light, and its utensil and its lampstand, and the oil for the light, and the altar of incense and its poles and the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, and the screen of the doorway and the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of the burnt offering with its bronze grating, its poles and its utensil, the basin, the stands, its hangings its, uh, of the court, its pillars, its sockets, and the screen for. Uh, the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle, and the pegs of the court of the of the courts um, and their courts, the woven garments for their ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for the for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister as priests. 
So these are people that are supposed to help reassemble this tent that we'll be able to take down, put back up. And it says that they're for skillful people. It means that not everyone is meant for this. There are going to be certain things that uh, people in here, I mean, like, you know, like the skillful people that could construct this, as well as even decorating the ephod and all of these different um, unique things that God wants, they they're given uniquely to the nation of Israel so that they can use their skill set to be a blessing to the nation. And we see that this principle applies to us as well, right? And we're all called to use the gifts that we're given. Uh, um, First, Peter uh, First Peter tells us that, that whatever, whether it is we speak with our mouth or work with our hand, we do it for, uh, unto the Lord. Uh, we, we depend on His strength. Everything that we do, we do it for the Lord. Every gift that we have, we also use it for the Lord. That's why you actually are in the ministry that you're in. You're in the ministry that you're in, whatever your ministry you're part of. You're in those ministries because you have the desire and the skill set for it. Some people have the skill set but no desire they shouldn't do, otherwise they'll do it begrudgingly. Some people who have the desire and no skill set, they shouldn't do it because then they'll be ineffective. You need both. You need to be someone that is, that is that the Lord has uniquely gifted <coughs> for a particular task, and you're supposed to use those gifts. This is why I'm saying that there should be no such thing as a passive onlooker when it comes to the, the church. Everyone should be doing something. Everyone should be volunteering themselves in whatever capacity. And, and it's usually something that uh, they like to do. And that's usually when I ask people uh, when they come to church, like I ask them, what do you like to do? And you should go and do that thing. Uh, whether If it's AV, you should go. Do that for the glory of God. If it's greeting, do that for the glory of God. If it's small group leading, go, yeah, be part of a small group. If it's teaching, Sunday school, or teaching kids, do those things to your best of your ability to the glory of God. And that's what the Israelites were doing. They, uh, God gave them a command to, for those who wanted to build the, ta uh, the tent of the, of the meeting that had to be a particular skill set, and only those people can do it. Verse 20, Then all the congregation of the, of the sons of Israel departed from Moses' presence, and whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved him, and brought the Lord's uh, contribution for the work of the tent of meeting and all the service for, and for the holy garments. Now his hearts moved them, both men and women, came and brought uh, brooches and earrings and signet rings and bracelets, all the articles of gold, so that every man who presented an offering of gold to the Lord, every man who had in the possession blue and purple and scarlet material and uh, linen and goat's hair and ramskin, dyed red and uh, porpoise skins, brought, brought them. Everyone who can make a contribution of silver and bronze brought the Lord's commandment, and every man who had in his possession archaic wood for any work of service brought it. So again, these are all just unique individual. Everyone was involved, and they were they and they gave their spirit was moved, and they heard they heard what Moses they heard what essentially God wanted, and they were compelled to do. It. And that means that there's some people that were not compelled to do it. And I don't think that these people that didn't want to contribute. I don't think that these were disobedient people. Some people didn't have the material, so therefore there's there no way for them to give. Other people didn't have any desire to give, and it was okay. Um, they, would they could give and serve elsewhere. But the point here is that uh, they, they presented it themselves with these gifts so that the, the ministry of the Israelite people can continue going on. In verse 25, All the skilled women spun their, with their hand and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet material and in fine lin linen. Uh, all the women whose heart stirred with a skill, the spun the, the goat's hair. Now this is interesting because it's highlighting the skill of women, so it's not just, you know, sometimes we think the old has only about men doing things, but no, there's like men and women, they're all contributing to this. 
verse 27, the rulers brought the onyx stones, and the stones were setting up for the ephod and for the breastplate and the spice and the oil for the lights and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, the Israelites, all the men and women whose heart moved them to bring material for all the work which the Lord had commanded through Moses to be done, uh, brought a free will offering to the Lord. So everyone, um, every one of them did everything, they, they did all of this voluntarily. They brought what God wanted them to bring, and they did it because they wanted to please the Lord. Uh, this is, a, again, this free will offering, meaning it's just out of a devotion and love you go and do these things. And this is, again, when you serve in ministry, do not do a ministry that you don't want to do. That The Lord is not pleased with that. Some people can do a lot of ministries and you can do a lot of things, but if it's not mainly to honor the Lord in it, if it's not mainly to serve the people because this is how the Lord has gifted you in, don't do it. It's better that you just find something like, you know, clean up a chair, or even unofficial ministries, you know, things that like, um, small things that you know praying for people when no one else is around you just, just do those things do things that you like but don't do things just to show off your skill or or the things that you have because that's not that's 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 not the right reason on why you do things the way you th reason why you do things is primary to glorify the Lord and if you always focus on yourself and there are people like that there are people in ministry that will always want to make themselves the center of the attention they always want to make themselves um, the most important person that you look to. I mean, we have pastors and, and, and weird denominations that try to make themselves a center of worship. Um, and there are people uh, in the church as well. The ministry is always about them, it's always about what they want, it's always about what their vision of the church should be. And it's always about them. It's not about other people and certainly not about the Lord. And if that's you, this, this, then it's better that you don't do the ministry because you're diverting glory that is only reserved for the Lord. Verse 30, then Moses said to, the sons of <coughs> said to the sons of Israel, See, the Lord has called my name, Bazael, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he was filled with the spirit and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all craftsmanship to make designs for working in gold and in silver and in bronze and in the cutting of stones for setting and in carving of wood so as to perform in every incentive work. He also has put in the hearts to teach both he and Othaleb, the son of Ashkemach, of the Dan, of tribe, of the tribe of Dan. He was filled with them. He has filled them with skill to perform every work of an engraver and of a designer and of an embroiderer and in blue, in blue and in purple, and in scarlet material and in fine linen and of a weaver as performers of every work and makers of design. God prov provided opportunity uh, so that people can be part of his ministry. You have to understand that serving the Lord in any capacity is a privilege. Not only that all of us are saved, but we have an opportunity to be part of his divine plan by serving the church. Some of you are going to be gifted evangelists. What that means is that you get to partake in the ministry of the Lord, calling people to saving faith. You're a teacher to children. You have a unique opportunity and privilege to, to, to entrust what you know and to impart all that you know to the future generation and potentially the next generation of, of leaders and, and teachers in the church and believers altogether. Um, whatever skill you have, you understand that you're only you're partnering with the Lord in that sense. God doesn't need anything from you, but He's given us this opportunity so that we can partake in and seeing God's faithfulness. This is why when you're in ministry, as 
hard as it can be, it's not about you. So you shouldn't really burn out in that way. The only reason why people burn out is because they have these set goals in their mind for themselves and those goals are not met. And they get frustrated and disappointed, frustrated and disappointed, and they quit altogether. Now, again, if you're doing it solely for the Lord and for His glory, the Lord will bless it because your life is not about you anyway. The Lord purchased you through the ransom of His Son so that you can glorify Him, so you can reflect Him the way that you're supposed to. All of us are made for that per particular purpose. We are made to glorify God with our lives so that the world would be made known and for the people in the church to be blessed by it. So when you think about your ministry, always do it with a, with a pure motive and a pure heart that you do to serve the Lord and to, be, and to glorify Him and to be a blessing to other people. I hope that this is helpful. We're reaching the end of this book. There's about four more chapters left. I look forward to finishing up these, these last several chapters with you. Take care and have a great day.